0: This is Life Invented.
1: Invent the life you want to lead.
0: Invent the life you want to lead. Be compassionate. Be creative. The possibilities are limitless.
2: Go Broncos. On today's episode of Life Invented, we sit down with Andrea Pappas, chair of the art and art history department, and Victor Republicano, class of 2013. Both of our guests today do a great job of really breaking down how humanities majors can make powerful impacts, not just on campus, but in a variety of careers and to the world. Let's go.
1: Andrea Pappas, and I belong to the boomer tail generation. My tribe is from Greece and Brazil, and I call the Bay Area my home. I'm a native Californian. On any given day, you can find me on campus, uh, in the classroom, in a museum, or researching in an archive. I'm an art historian, and I am currently the chair of the Department of Art and Art History. I am an ambassador for art history and for your future.
0: I am Victor Republicano. I belong to the Gen Y millennial generation. Say so my tribe is from Italy and other parts of Europe, back east and California and all over. And I call Alameda home. I'm ambassador for Classics, the Humanities and the New York
2: Yankees. <laughs> Victor and Andrea, we are here talking about humanities, and while we are all human, uh, you know, not all of us have at the tip of our tongue what it means when you say humanities, especially in this context, in a university context, in an education context. Can you guys just throw out some words, like break down, like as you're explaining it to friends and family, what is humanities? Humanities. Uh, I would say this is the study of the entire range
1: of human experience, how people from anywhere in space and time have thought about and represented their experience, their hopes, dreams, hates, loves, <laughs> a- anything.
0: i add add uh, human emotions and interactions you know, throughout all of history since we know humans to be alive.
2: And, uh, you know, from what I know about history, that has been uh, lots of things, rage, love, (laughs) jealousy, all of that. So it's all of that and how it is expressed and how other people receive that, yeah?
1: Yeah, and also how people have received it over time, right? You know, people in the Renaissance thought about the ancient world differently than we do now. And people who come after us are going to think about us differently
2: than we think about ourselves now let's break down the majors a little bit. Like let's break humanities down and, and what is uh, involved in this uh, vast department. Here yeah, at Santa
1: Clara, art history, classics, history, English, um, philosophy. I'm missing one but they're very dependent on us. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I'm sorry, religious studies.
2: <laughs> okay, so some would say that if I told my parents that, they would say, what, you're going to Santa Clara University, it costs X amount, what are you going to do with that major? And They probably wouldn't say it that calmly. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. <laughs> I've experienced,
2: I was
0: an accounting major when I started out here, yeah. and I remember taking a classics course, and within a year and a half, I was a classics major. I remember standing outside of the bookstore and calling my parents and they, as both accountants, were like, what the hell are you doing with that?
2: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so uh, can we, let's talk a little bit about that class. Like what was it about that class, that one experience that um, clearly by then you were taking a lot of accounting classes, you were taking finance, you were uh, in the school of business, right? I was taking an 8 a.m. econ class. Ooh, that would do it right there.
0: That was rough. And uh, not that it's not important, but. Didn't love it. Um, take a 915 class on ancient Eros. Uh, Eros, commonly people call it love. Right. But you could imagine in a class like that, you're talking about these different stories surrounding love or passion and what has driven people, things they've done over it. I mean, you can turn on the news and see how many things are connected
2: to that. Yes. Positive and negative, what people's passions have driven them to do. And, and that right there. So you fell in love with the idea of studying about love and how that... uh, I couldn't believe that I could
0: talk about these things in school. It's crazy. I mean, the the things we were studying, just the craziness of the stories. I had this idea that classics were these white marble statues and everything was perfect and proper. And pretty soon you realize it's it's, uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll.
2: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much, right? (laughs) Any uh, advice from your story about calling your parents and telling them, like, what was your pitch? I think I had an awareness
0: for myself that whatever what I was going to do, I would find a way to make it work. In hindsight, it's easy to look back now and say, oh, that decision worked out well, went from there to Arizona for grad school to Chicago, and it got me back here working at Santa Clara and then recently just starting at Apple. So it wasn't a pathway that I could have foreseen, but I just kind of kept going with my gut. I'm like, this is what I want to do. Yeah, It's that whole idea of, like, study what you love and the money
2: will follow or the happiness will follow or both. Yeah, right, right. Invent the life you want to lead, right? Like the name of this podcast. Andrea, can you talk a little bit about for those that have not stepped foot in some of the classes that are offered, what are just some of the interesting things that someone is going to be enlightened about in choosing this kind of line of, of study?
1: Everything in human experience connects to the humanities. So whether it's a... Renaissance altarpiece, whether it's a painting of a couple of peasants eating dinner, whether it's a story about a crazy guy chasing a whale around the world, whether it's finding out how other people relate to the spiritual dimension, who who or what they think God is. All these things are fascinating. And I think one of the things that As Victor was saying, uh, you know, study what you love. Find out what else you love. Right. There are four questions that are going to guide every decision that you make, whether you know it or not. Who am I? Why am I here? What do I want? And where am I going? Mm. You want good answers to those questions, and that's where the humanities comes from, is giving you those good answers. And it's tricky, because those answers change over time. I'm sure right. Victor had no idea he was going to wind up in the tech
2: department. Changes <laughs> month by month for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with that, since uh, much of our audience are prospective students, they're still in high school trying to figure out not only what school do they want to go, but what do they want to be, what do they want to major in. When you look back into your your teens and like your high school experience, do you see cues that like, oh, I dug it then? I just maybe didn't know how to <laughs> interpret it or how to apply it, but maybe it could help some teens now, like recognize.
1: Well, people's parents probably aren't going to want to hear me say this, but I spent most of middle school cutting class to go to the museum, so that's kind of a clue a right there. Clue.
2: Yeah, Victor, when you flash back uh, a couple of years, uh... I think
0: it's got to be Harry Potter. Yeah, oh. I remember getting a third grade. Our teacher read us a chapter, chapter one of the first book, and stopped. And I was like, what, what the hell is this? You and became hooked on those and got really into reading and reading about all types of things. I uh, got into Jody Picoult and just these stories that were tragic or heroic and then just always had this idea that like, this is interesting stuff. I mean, I never wasn't a huge fan of learning languages in high school, but came to college and did Latin and Greek and it was a different world there.
2: Yeah. And and it's interesting, you know, just in what you just talked about, about both of your parents being accountants, did you find yourself just uh, kind of the gravitational pull pushing you toward doing something that was the, the family business at that point? Well, so I have seven
0: brothers. I have a big family. Wow. Um, oldest brother did engineering. The second one did accounting. And I was kind of going with the idea of Well, that's what he did. I'll just try it out. Right. And quickly I learned that you can't do something because someone else is telling you that's what you should do. School becomes really tough when you're not studying something that you're that interested in. If you're going to be here, you might as well study something you love. And if you did it for the wrong reasons or you did it because someone else convinced you this is the path to success, I I don't think it's going to equate.
1: Yeah. I had a similar experience when I told my parents I was switching uh, my mom of course was i was lucky it was very interesting oh whatever makes you happy but my dad went ballistic and he said you are supposed to be a scientist or a doctor i am not paying for this degree and uh, and wow. he didn't yeah you know, that was, that's kind of my story, but I think I, but I agree, you know, study is something that you love. Even if you wind up working in a different field, maybe you've got to take a job for a couple of years you're not super happy about. No one can take that experience away from you.
2: Yeah. And I, and then I say you, you have a pretty cool gig now. I do. All I right.
1: do. <laughs> I became a professor so I could be a student for my whole life. So <laughs> <laughs> It's
2: a good way to do it, right? Get, oh, get...
1: Yeah, no, I feel like I've totally game the system here, but, um, but I would also say that you have to live with your life for the rest of your life. And if you're not happy with what's in your head, that leads to all kinds of other personal and health problems, really.
2: So study humanities. Be healthy, happy. happy. (laughs) Who, and you could say by name or just in general, out there in the public sphere, like people that we see, who do you guys wish were a humanities major?
1: Every person sitting in Congress. Well, maybe not every person, but I I would like to see a lot of scientists in there, too. So two things. One is public policy affects people. So you need to understand the human dimension of decisions that you make and policies that you write. And I firmly believe that one of the best ways to understand that is to study People and what they've done yeah. and what they believe and what they hope for. <laughs> the other thing is that the balance sheet never, ever tells you the true cost of doing something. Mm. There's the profit and the loss. There's the illegal and the legal. And then there's the welcome and the unwelcome. Mm. And if you aren't paying attention to that, it'll get you every time.
2: Yeah. Wow. That's that's good insight. Victor, do you, do you have a, uh, a person or a body of people, as Andrea does, uh, that you wish took a little humanities? Journalists and people involved in media, I think that
0: sometimes the stories we get and we read can be a little sensational. And Mm -hmm. this is some shocking news that's never happened before. And you realize like it's not.
1: Yeah, it has. (laughs) Right. It's happened probably
0: plenty of times. (laughs) Yeah. I think it helps you read stories without so much of that shock factor and helps you be able to recognize what matters within an article. Maybe not the headline.
2: And, mm-hmm. and, and what you guys just uh, proposed there, if you think about the bodies, uh, uh, Congress and media, mm-hmm. you know, uh, two major uh, bodies of folk that influence our daily lives and what we ingest. Let's, let's talk a little bit about, Victor, what you're doing today. You mentioned, Andrea, that, you know, you, you work with engineers. How does uh, an accountant turn humanities, turn special assistant to the president of the university, now find himself working with, with engineers?
0: I'm a project manager at Apple now uh, within their applied machine learning division. You know, you have business people that want something, and they need engineers to get it done, but they need someone to kind of communicate those needs to each other and translate. And that's what Classics is. It comes down to you're studying Greek, Roman, Egyptian, and you need to be able to figure out what this means, propose some ideas of, hey, maybe this is what they're
2: trying to say. Here in the university, I know that there's a a lot of opportunities for people to kind of uh, roll up their sleeves, get experience, try internships and different programs. Andrew, can you talk about some of those things that, that are offered?
1: To give you one example, I have uh, an alum who had the opportunity through the internship program here at Santa Clara to do an internship at our important local museum, the San Jose Museum of Art. And uh, he got to meet all kinds of people and not to mention the artists. Um, And from that, he was able to, because of the experience he'd gotten there, he was able to get an, an internship at the Whitney in New York which is a really seriously plumb job. Yes, indeed. (laughs) He is uh, really firmly launched on a career, I think, in the arts and in the nonprofits. And it's just, it's great to see that is not something that a kid from San Jose, you know, wrong side of the tracks, would have been able to do without that internship. So so we're really proud of the opportunities that that presents.
2: That's awesome. Um,
1: Those internships get people... Get people launched. It's also, I think, really important. That's f- a way to figure out what you don't want to do. Right,
2: and right, I'm right. And I'm happy right. to
1: hear that from students, and they come back and say, "Well, it was interesting, but that's not what I want to do." So, great. And it's better <laughs> to find out now than when you're 45. Yes, check
2: that off the list. <laughs> Keep <laughs> it moving. And uh, and and Santa Clara has brought a lot of great personalities on campus mm-hmm. for different fellowships over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk about? Uh, well, the Sinatra. Those
1: are you talking about the Sinatra Fellowship? Yes. Yeah, that's really something coming out of the arts. Um, although, obviously, the, there's a lot of overlap there. Um, so we've had these great performing artists whose work is oriented towards social justice, Anna DeVere Smith, uh, W. Kamau Bell. Um, I would say we've also had some pretty amazing visiting scholars. Yeah. Uh, my department for right now is bringing a scholar who's us in April, who specializes in Renaissance art and material culture as it relates to women, but she's now looking at a 19th century project of women artists who were in Rome who collected Renaissance art. So there's this lovely intersection there with the classics and the, uh, you know, and archaeology and art history and the arts wow. and history. So, you know, those are the kinds of things that we see.
0: Yeah. Francis Ford, a couple of us here yeah, recently. That, yeah, that's not bad either. I'm a huge Godfather fan too, so yeah, that, sure. that ties right
2: into the oh, humanities Yeah, right and him. Yeah,
1: right him.
0: Yeah. I,
2: I fear if we bring that, we're going to go into this Godfather uh, podcast uh, and talk about favorite scenes and whatnot. If you guys had one uh, piece of text, uh, art, a museum, a place or a thing that you would recommend to uh, folks out there listening that you believe would inspire them in some way, shape or form. Mm. That if they just interacted with this thing, they would walk away a better person. uh, What would it be? And why don't we start
0: with Victor? This is going to be a little tougher, I think, to want to get into. But Ovid's Metamorphoses. Mm -hmm. I recently, I'm, I'm a member of the Berkeley Rep, and went last week to go see Ovid's *Metamorphoses* performed there. And I had read it here as a student, and I kind of forgot. I got away from it. But the idea is these crazy stories. Think of like King Midas, this guy that all he wanted was, was riches, and he wished for this power to turn everything into gold. And touched his daughter, and she turned to gold. And he realized that's oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> no, no more daughter. So reading this text, watching this play kind of remind you of all these different human struggles, and I'll connect this back to that arrows class I took, typically driven by passion or by just different human emotions. What you think you might want isn't always the best for you. And if you can take a step back from that and recognize what your motivations are for anything from your friendships, your relationships, your education, I think if you can take a step back from that and recognize the purity or not of your emotions and of your intentions, you're going to end up in a better spot. So Ovid's Metamorphoses, I'd say. For me, this
1: is easy. There's a painting. I'm going to get choked up talking about this, but um, it's in the Metropolitan Museum of Art, way in the back of the museum in the Spanish gallery. It's a portrait by Velazquez of a guy named Juan de Pareja, who was his studio assistant and his slave. And he painted that portrait as kind of warm-up exercise for the portrait that he did of the current Pope, of the Pope at the time. Um, That portrait is way better than the one Uh of the Pope. And the reason that that painting moves me to tears every time, more than any other artifact I've seen from human hands, it has this tremendous psychological presence, this tremendous complexity that, uh, and this human presence that comes out at you from this thing that is just, a piece of fabric with a little bit of paint on it, and you can see this guy's intelligence and his sorrow and his patience, uh, and his and his humanity. And I think and this thing was painted in the 1650s. It's more than 400 years old. And the idea that this person can reach out at you from across time, to me, that's a miracle. And I see that painting every time I'm in New York. Even if I've only got ten minutes to be in the museum, if I've only got an hour, I get a cab, I go there, go stand in front of that thing. Everybody looks at me like I'm crazy because I'm standing there crying.
2: And you're going back in time. You're traveling time, and uh, the emotions that they that he intended to put in there are just. I th-
1: yeah, I mean, off. I think that's I. I think it's the person that he captured in a way almost by accident. Yeah.
2: Thank you, Bo, for sharing that. I think uh, we have some research to do. (laughs) The crux of what we wanted to talk about today is one, debunking this myth that humanities is uh, is not one of the, not just departments, divisions, or studies, but just the areas of life that we should really hold up, appreciate, uh, acknowledge, and just really work to implement into our daily lives and uh, ask ourselves how we're tied into this thing called humanities. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: Thank you. You've just listened to the Life Invented podcast presented by Santa Clara University, and there's so much more to explore. Visit us at scu.edu podcasts and learn more about Santa Clara's commitment to innovation and inspiring opportunities. I'm Andrea inviting you to invent the life you want to lead.
0: My name is Victor, and I'm inviting you to invent the life you want to lead.